right, let's go to Philippians chapter number two. Philippians chapter number two. Gonna be back in 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 there. Uh, man, we just kind of we just kind of decided to carry on. Uh, I actually I was in uh, Philippians one there for a little while, and uh, and it just kind of kindly carried over into uh, something that I necessarily didn't mean to happen, but uh, but it's been good. It's been really good. I think the Lord's blessed it, and um, uh, let's um, let's pray tonight and and uh, before we start and and just ask the Lord give uh, everything He wants to give us tonight, and uh, we'll thank the Lord for Lord willing everything goes right, and um, uh, Brother Dylan, Miss Tori will be home tomorrow at some point. And uh, be back with their kids, and and uh, man, it's gonna be a real good deal. They'll be here on on Sunday, and we'll just get to get the praise the Lord with them on Sunday. Uh, the Wednesday deal is that happening? Okay, so next Wednesday, week from today, um, we 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 promised we was gonna party down, so that's what we're gonna do. Uh, so next Wednesday, uh, we're just gonna have a little Thanksgiving celebration. Uh, not November, not like November, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, but we are, uh, just for real, we're just, you know, kind of a thank the Lord celebration for Dylan, uh, making it back home and, and, uh, maybe we'll get him to testify a little bit and I, I don't know what'll happen Sunday. Uh, we'll just, we'll just see, but, um, we're going to do that in fellowship hall. We're just going to kind of combine Awana and, and here and, uh, really, really big deal for us right i mean huge deal for us especially those of us that you know that are in the ministry um hand in hand with them it's just a it's a really really big thing that's happened and so we want to make sure that the lord knows that we think it's as big as what it is too right and uh, so anyway uh we're gonna do that next wednesday so make make plans for that we'll be sure there'll be an email going out and uh give you all the details there and we'll we'll figure that out as as time goes on and uh but we want to pray and, and ask god to bless them and just thank the lord for them and and what god's doing in their life right now so um let's 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 pray lord uh thank you for tonight and uh thank you for uh thank you for allowing us the opportunity to open the word of god again and uh god i pray that you bless tonight god this is a um boy it's just a really power, power-packed uh, couple verses here, Lord. And God, you you've done, uh, Lord, you've done some great stuff by giving us this book. And so, God, we we don't want to be negligent in in diving into it, and Lord, understanding it and then applying it. And so, God, I pray that you give us understanding, understanding, and you give us wisdom tonight. Um, God, we. We need to we need to be able to apply the the Bible to our lives and and God walk in its truth and so God I, I pray that you help us to do that tonight I pray God that you honored you're honored by what's said and by what's done in Jesus name Amen Amen All right All right So Philippians chapter number two and verse number twelve is where we're going to start We're going to read down through verse number eighteen uh, We're going to start there and and um, and we may we may stop at at sixteen tonight. I, I don't know how far we'll get, but we're at least going to read 
uh, down to verse number 18. So Philippians chapter 2 and uh, verse number 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to, to will and to do of his good pleasure, do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a uh, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of light that I may uh, word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain, yea. And if I be offered upon the uh, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy, and I rejoice with you all. For this same call, uh, for the same cause also do you joy, and rejoice with me. Um, interesting deal. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk uh, Sunday about the day of Christ. But it is interesting how uh, Paul works in. The understanding of the day of Christ and what it means to run in vain and labor in vain. Last week we dealt with three specific points about God uh, in, in terms of humility and God's exaltation to the humble. And we dealt with these three things last week. God rewards Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ's humility with exaltation. God rewards our humility with exaltation. And then what was really prevalent last week is that you've seen that God is glorified in exalting the humble. God is glorified in exalting the humble. And then, and it is no, you know, it's kind of, it, it's, it, it's really no marvel that the Lord would roll right into verse number 12 after talking about humility and exaltation through humility. It is, it is just like the Lord to do what he's fixing to do. It's just like the Lord to, to do exactly what he's fixing to do in verse number 12. He says, wherefore. So, so last week we dealt with that whole idea of, of, of humility brings exaltation. Okay, that, that when you exalt yourself, God's got to bring you low. But when you humble yourself, then God is the one that exalts you. That's the way, that's the way it works with the Lord. And, and, and it's an interesting phenomenon. Because everybody that's always trying to exalt themselves, they end up having to be abased. They end up having to be grounded. They, they have, and we used the illustration last week. It's, it's literally where the Lord has to place you on the ground. Now, what the, the idea of humbling, the idea of me and you humbling ourselves, is, is, is not the same idea of God coming to abase us. Does that make sense? Uh, so, so there's one where I take a knee to the Lord, and the others where the Lord literally knocks me to the ground. Now, how many of you understand them are two different things, right? One of them is God, is you taking upon your own will and understanding that He is worthy, right? That He is worthy, and I'm taking the knee in humility to Him in every area of my life. And the other one is I'm a scumbag, right? Like, like I just. I deserve what I'm what I'm getting when I'm I'm laying. You know, my my granddad years ago. Uh, I remember hearing a saying, uh, and, and he he would he would say, uh, you know, to his brothers, and he son, son, it'd go the same way it's always went. They talk about 
you know, my brother and my uncle, he'd come up, kind of run his mouth, my granddad, and he'd say, son, you, you don't want to do this. It's going to go the all, way it's always went. He said, it's going to be a, a two-hit thing. And he said, it's going to be me hit you and you hit the floor. And he said, it's the way it's always been. It's the way it's always going to be. And, and you, know what's, you know what's crazy? When we exalt ourselves through pride and, uh, through pride and arrogance, it's the same thing with us. It's like God's like, hey, listen, you want this deal to be a two-hit thing? Like, because it can be. It'd be you hitting the, it'd be me having to deal with you and then you looking up from the floor. How many of you ever had to look up from the floor? It's a terrible place to be. It's way easier to humble yourself, right? It's way easier to humble yourself. And so he, he rolls over into verse number 12 and he says, wherefore? Wherefore, so, so wherefore, what, 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 what is, you remember we always say it, you ever see the word therefore and wherefore, and it's a cliche, and, and we, you know, I feel dumb even having to tell you and, and say it again, but it is worthy of pointing out for the, for the simple fact we need to study the Bible. He says, wherefore, my, belo my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So, so he's saying, as you have always obeyed, okay, but you understand, not in my presence only, not because I was in front of you, now much more in my absence. Aren't you ready? Now much more. Now look, you can put on the show when I'm not there. I mean, when I'm there. Haven't you ever seen people put on show when the preacher's in town? Right? That's a real problem here because when you don't have preacher, preacher worship, people don't tend to put on the show. Right? People like to go to places to where they can worship something in person. Now, I, I, you may not believe that. You may not believe that, but a lot of people go places they, they like figures that they, can, that they can worship. And so they find, they find a figurehead that they can worship. And, and this is what Paul's saying. That, that that, hey, you, you've always obeyed, not in my presence only, now much more in my absence. Here's what I want you to do. You ready? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, my main thought for tonight, there, there's a couple places that we're going to, a couple things we're going to deal with, but my main thought tonight is, is working out working out what is now in you that you have through your own salvation. Working out what is now in you that you have through your own salvation. Now, I want you to notice first, to, to make sure you get what, what the Bible says, you need to know what it's not saying. It is not saying that you are working for your salvation. It's not saying that. The text is not saying that you're working for your salvation. Why? Because the whole Bible, the whole New Testament doesn't point to that, right? Amen? You don't work for your salvation. Everybody's saying that. Everybody in church said what? Amen. All right. So, so, so the text is not saying that you're working for your salvation, but that you're working out your salvation. Okay, it's also not saying this, and I used to hear old timers say this all the time. The church I grew up in, so to speak, the one I got saved in, I can remember them taking this verse out of context totally. And it, and it may not have been the whole church, but it was definitely Sunday school teachers, and it was people uh, that 
that took the verse out of context and they, they, they said this. They literally, their commentary on the verse was this. Well, you know what the Bible says. You're supposed to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like somebody would get saved and it would be like, like somebody would get saved that, that was lost in a church, but they had been in a church for a number of years. Uh, we, we've seen that happen here several times. Been in a church for a number of years and then get saved. And, and, and hallelujah. But this verse was used in, in out of context. We well, you know what the Bible says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, that ain't what this verse means. Why? Because God doesn't want you sitting around in fear. Why? Because, uh, because God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, he doesn't want you sitting around in fear and in trembling, wringing your hands, trying to figure out if you're saved or not. That's stupid. How many of you understand that's stupid? First John, verse, uh, First John chapter five, verse thirteen says that that's not that shouldn't even be a thing. Like, like I should know that I'm saved. Romans says that the Spirit of God bears witness with me that I am indeed a child of God. Okay, it it bears witness that I'm His. So, what does the verse? actually teach it teaches upon the first 11 verses remember that wherefore ties the first 11 verses together with what we're actually trying to learn and you have to take that into account when you're looking at the context of scripture so 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 here it is wherefore my beloved brethren as he's always obeyed not in my presence only but now in my absence but now, now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Here's, here's how it needs to be understood. You need to work out the salvation that's in you with fear and trembling. Why? For one, I'm not, I'm not going to be there. Now, remember, in my, in my presence, in my presence, you obeyed. Now much more in my absence. I want you to understand, there's a lot of joy, and there's, there's been a lot of understanding that joy comes from our salvation, but there's a lot of joy in allowing God to work in and through us. There's a lot of joy in just allowing God, just allowing God to work in and through you working out through your life, your everyday life, the joy of your own salvation that you say you have. Because here's the, here's the real truth. I know what it looks like to work and it not be joyous. You, you know what that looks like? I mean, you probably do, right? You've probably done things and you've, you've probably tried to work in it and not be joyous. Nothing, nothing about it was joyous. No, nothing about going to church was joyous. Nothing about serving the Lord and being a part of winning and being a part of building and being a part of sinning. And if those are not on your radar, then, then you're probably not involved in the work of the Lord at all. Those aren't at least on your radar. If you're not working towards that common gain, and here's what it is. I know what it feels like to work in the power of my flesh and not working out through fear and trembling. Now, we're going we're gonna to identify what that even looks like, what that fear and trembling actually even looks like. But he starts out with a compliment. Hey, 
Here, here's the compliment. As you have always obeyed in my presence, uh, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence, uh, not in my presence only, ready? But now much more in my absence. It's kind of like he's teaching, you, you know how, you know how the old, you know how it goes when you're teaching your kids and, and, and you're telling your kids, hey, listen, you, you need to obey me. You need to obey now. Uh, but the real test is whether you're going to obey me when you're not in my presence. Right? That's how we train kids. That's, how, that's what we tell kids. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter what you do in front of me. What really tells stands the test of time is what you do when nobody else is around. Right? And so Paul's saying, hey, listen, now much more in my absence, I don't want you to obey because I'm there. The admonition here is this, now much more. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, what it is really pointing to is that we should work out the, the driving force of our Christian lives should be the idea of working out our own salvation with fear and trembling to Jesus Christ. That should be the driving force. And that, let me say this. If other things are the driving force, they have no profit. There's no profit. If Jesus Christ is not the driving force, there's no profit. We're going to talk about the judgment seat this coming week. This coming Sunday, we're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. Talked about the rapture last week. We're going to talk about the judgment seat this coming. Hey, listen, if, if that day, if the day of Christ is not a driving force in your life, if the rapture of the church, if the catching of the way of the church, if the calling of the church, if that's not a driving force in your life, listen, you have no profit in other things. There is no profit in people pleasing. You'll never profit in pleasing people. And so Paul is, is trying to call people to this thing and say, hey, listen, I know, you, I, I, I know you've always obeyed. and I know it's not been in my presence only, but, but I'm fixing it. Remember, the, these, book, the, these are a stretch of books, the prison epistles, right? These are, he's, he's, he's getting on, he's getting on at, at a place in his life to where there could be a real chance he would never see them again. You understand? Now, I mean, this is, there's a real chance. This is, from his perspective, this is his, one of his last letters. And he's writing this letter out of a heart that I may never see you again. And so what I need you to understand is if you don't work out the salvation that is in you with fear and trembling, then if you do it with something else, it's for naught. It's for no profit. When you look at it, Paul is identifying the layout of sea and curse without identifying it. He's, laying, he's identifying that, that there is a group of people that he knows are going to be rich and they're going to be increased with goods and they're going to have need of nothing. 
Nothing but what the world can give them. Nothing but what a paycheck can give them. Uh, listen, the, the allurement of, of the things in Laodicea is, is what, what, what Paul's trying to address, the, the curse of Laodicea. But, but sometimes, sometimes our service to the Lord and the working out of our own salvation, it's not from fear and trembling, it's from pride and arrogance. It's from pride and arrogance. Some of us serve the Lord out of pride and arrogance. We go to church out of pride and arrogance. Well, who does that? I don't know. That ain't for me to decide. I got a couple of places I want you to. I want you to turn. There's two places. Uh, I want you to go one place in the New Testament, Ephesians 6 and Hebrews 12. Ephesians 6 and, and Hebrews, chapter number 12. I think it's important you see these tonight. You can write this verse down, Psalm 2 and verse 11, but I'll, I'll make sure you go to Hebrews 6 and, I mean, uh, uh, Ephesians 6 and Hebrews 12. You can write uh, Psalm 2 and verse 11 down. It's very interesting how Psalm 2 and verse 11 cross references. He says, Serve the Lord with fear. And I want you to listen, rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 5. Now there's a comparison being made in Ephesians 6 that you need to see. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling. So, so the comparison here is: as you obey people, uh, now I know I know y'all probably don't do this. But y'all ever seen anybody text and drive? Y'all ever seen somebody do that before? And 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 you're texting and driving, and and man, when uh, somebody like. You got a good friend like Sean, and you're texting and driving, and you got a good friend like Sean, he said, hey, man, there's a, there's a, he might would hypothetically tell you there's a cop right there, hey, man, why don't you put your phone down? And you're like, yeah, goodness, got to get my phone down. You, you know what that, you know what that, you know what that is? You know what that's called? That's called reverence for an authority that could get off in your business in a heartbeat for texting and driving. Okay, you're traveling. It's you. You say, well, same kind of principle. I know people. I used to work with people, and, and they they would jack around all day long till the boss come around. Boss wasn't bo boss 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 what uh, what around? They that dude just cut off. Hey, make sure it's all the way up back there. The light switch is all the way up, please. Sometimes the power overload will... Yeah, there you go. Uh, I used to work with people, and, and, and look, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do what they were supposed to do until the boss comes around. Here's what Ephesians 6 and verse 5. Servants, obey them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of heart. You ready? 
as unto Christ. So the same reverence that the comparison is to be made, the, the same reverence that you give to that boss when they come around, the same reverence that you give to the authority in singleness of heart as unto Christ, that's how you're to obey those people. Listen, it's already implied that my heart is set with singleness of heart unto Christ. Now, what's crazy for us is not everybody's heart set in singleness and fear and trembling, right? But we're to have the same kind. It's, it, it's what God's called us to. Now, don't you look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Verse 29, for our God is a consuming fire. Make, 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 sure, make sure you get this, this little bit right here. That our working out of our own salvation, that the internal working out, the, the, the manifestation of our salvation... See, this is, this is where people get, get crazy. Is they think that they can get saved and then they're not accountable to work out what they say they got when they, when they got saved. You see, that's a, that's a false. That's a farce. God called us to work out the high, the extreme uh, the expensive salvation that we were given. We were given, we were given a salvation at the expense of the Lamb of God, at God's own, at God's Son's expense. I, I'm talking about stripped of all of His royal dignity for sorry hides such as us. I mean, the Bible says we were bought with a price. And that we're to now glorify God with our members. So, so, so we need to, we need to, we really need to take some examination. Are you working out what's been working in you? Or are you just, you just stifling it all? Well, man, I know I'm saved. Praise the Lord, I'm saved. Thank goodness God saved me. But what are you doing with what God saved you from? With, with how God saved you? What are you doing with what you say you have? You've been forgiven? Do you forgive? You, somebody told you about Jesus? Are you telling anybody else about Jesus? Well, I just ain't figured out how to do it yet. Well, your testimony would be great. You see, you got to work out what, what you say that, that you have inside of you. Let, me give you. let me give you the next one. Salvation brings purpose to your life. What's the purpose? 
Well, it, it, when, when, you, when you got in on the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, it now gave you the ability to do something. When you got in on the gospel, that was your first opportunity to do something for the Lord, and it means something. Does that make sense? Like, you can do all the good deeds you want to, and, and they're for naught. They don't mean anything. This is the first time when you got saved, it granted you the ability to work out what God did in you. Look, look what it said, Philippians 2 and verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God which worketh in you. It's not you wanting to be good. It's God. It's God working inside of you. You see, our... our our holy calling is his purpose. Our, ho our holy calling is, is his purpose. It, 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 I want you to, you can, you can almost, for, for it is God uh, to, to, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, it's kind of like, I think about it like this, this microphone. Uh, if you don't put a battery the function, out, the, the function of this microphone is to, uh, to be able to take in sound and, and somebody or another transmit it back there to that little deal and then it goes out over these speakers and, and that's the way it works. And, and it's a high, it's an extremely expensive unit. I mean, it, it works really well. It, it, it does make sound, it, it, the, the sound is, is good, is way better than the lapel thing. It's a... Like it works great. This is this is a really good unit. Uh, paid a lot of money for it, and you know all all that. But you know, if, if it doesn't have, if it doesn't have, the battery, to make it work. Like these batteries go dead, and it doesn't matter how much you give for it. It's got to have an internal power source, and if it doesn't have that internal power source, then it doesn't work. And that's what God's trying to make sure that we understand. For it is God which worketh in you. You didn't just up one day and, and decide to will and do of God's good pleasure. Why? Because that's God's job. God works in you. God works in you and he will continue to work in you if you'll allow it. If you'll allow it, God will continue uh, to work in you. I wrote this verse down, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, and, and you can just jot it down and listen. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling. So here's our calling. We, we've been saved, and, and, and because we've been saved, we've been called with a what? With a holy calling. Not according to our works. And remember, this has not got anything to do with my works and your works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Praise the Lord. Man, I, I, know, I know sometimes you're like, man, all you care about is not making this thing about us. And man, you know, it's a good day when you get to let the reins loose and you finally figure out it ain't about you no more. You're, you're like, man, you're always pounding. 
this thing. You know, it, it, it's our flesh. That, that's what's bad about us. And praise the Lord, that is what's bad about us. It's not about us. And praise the Lord, it ain't about us. Well, when's it going to be about me? You signed that over. Listen, you, when you signed on the, dotted lot of, on the dotted line of salvation, you signed that right over. It ain't about us no more. It ain't about what we want anymore. So how do we work out our own salvation? How do we work out our own, our own uh, salvation? Well, the, the real simple truth of this is uh, we continue to obey. We just continue to obey. Verse 12, it's real simple. Uh, as you have always obeyed. So, so just, keep, just keep obeying. Right? Just keep obeying. What, what are we obeying? What he's commanded. It's... it's, it's, it's don't don't make it don't make it any don't make it any harder. I mean, he's commending them and saying, "Hey, you 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 know what? You're not a bunch of fakes. You're not a bunch of frauds. You really are devoted to Jesus Christ. When I'm not around, it doesn't matter who's around or who ain't around. Uh, you 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 are really devoted to Jesus, and and so so I, I want I want you to just continue to obey. Well, how do I do that? Well, let let me give you. I'm gonna give you. this i'm gonna give you three things that i think will help you obey okay three things that i think will help you obey number one it's got to be from the heart it's got to be from the heart uh romans 6 and verse 17 is a good cross-reference verse for this but god be thanked that you uh but that uh but god be thanked that you were the servants of sin but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. So remember, ye were the servants of sin. But, but now, because remember that word is past tense still. You were, Romans 6, you were the servants of sin. But ye, have, but ye have obeyed. So the contrast here, you're no longer servants of sin. Why? Because you obeyed from the heart. So you don't serve sin because something comes from your heart. That that and and, and it and you believed it that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, and what what do you mean? Here's what I mean: Char Christian character qualities are developed behind the scenes. They're never built on a stage. Christianity, real Christianity, ain't built on this platform. Real Christianity is not built in a, in, a, in a stage. It's built behind the scenes. It's never built on a platform. Moses never got a platform. He spent 40 years. He spent 40 years in a desert, in a wilderness, herding sheep before God spoke to him out of a burning bush. Jesus Christ spent, spent 30 years Jesus Christ is, is a prime example. He spent 30 years doing, his, do, doing what he did before he only had, what, a three and a half year public ministry? 
You know, some of us ain't willing to wait 30 years. But this is where this this is where God is is pounding into our head that it's got to start. Yeah, how how do how do I just keep obeying? Well, it's got to be from the heart. It's got to be from the heart. Uh, no, number two, you got to always be welcoming truth. To, number two, you must always be welcoming truth. First, uh, First Thessalonians two and verse verse number verse number thirteen. For this cause, also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the words of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. See, see you, 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 want, you, you want to obey? You're, you're going you're gonna to have to start out. It's going to have to be from the heart. And then you're going to have to always be welcoming truth. Always be welcoming truth. What truth? The truths of God's word. Be welcoming the truths of what God's word. Receive them as the words of God and not as the words of men. And what happens when, when you do that? Well, the Bible, Bible says it effectually works in you. That the words, those words, that truth that you receive, it effectually worketh in you. Let me, let me give you this last one. How, how do I practically come to a place of, of obedience? It's got to be from the heart. You've got to always be open, open to uh, and, and welcoming truth in your life. And, and, and number three, there has to be a, a real devotion and conviction. There has to be a real devotion and conviction. Write this verse now. First Thessalonians chapter one and verse nine. First Thessalonians uh, chapter one and verse nine. For for they themselves show us what manner of entering we had unto you, how you turned uh, to God from idols to serve the living and true God. That's what devotion and conviction looks like. It looks like turning to God from something. And how how do I how how do I work on on this obedience this continual obedience? If you'll apply these three three things, there'll be a lot of continual obedience that I have. You'll fall, you'll slip, you'll stumble sometimes, but there'll be continual obedience if there's repentance in your heart. If you're willing to repent, if you're willing to to bow the knee with some godly sorrow, God will work in your life. Amen. Um. What about this? Why should we work out our own salvation? It's a good question, right? Why should we work out our own salvation? Well, um, look, look with me in verse number 15. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Why should we work out our own salvation? To be blameless and harmless. 
to be lights in a very, very dark world. How, how many of you understand that this, this, world, the, this world we live in is crooked and it is perverse and it's, a, it's really a wicked place, right? Everybody understands that, right? So, so God is calling us to, man, this would be a good spot to say amen right here. God's calling us to live out our own salvation so that you and me can be blameless and harmless to that wicked and crooked and perverse nation so that our lives are set apart as shining lights. And we, we, we've got an opportunity. Man, we got an opportunity to, to, to be something that the world never sees. Man, the, the world don't get to see blamelessness. Man, the world don't get to see people that are harmless. The world don't get to see sons of God. The world needs to see sons of God. And how do they do it? They, they do it because we shine. Because that's been what God has called us to do. So when we work out our own salvation, we shine as those lights in the world. I don't care what, I don't care what excuse that we use. You can shine. You can shine wherever you want, wherever you go, you can shine. The only reason you wouldn't shine is if you were overcome with darkness. The only reason you wouldn't shine is if your light is overcome with darkness. You know what the chances are? Chances are you're not living out, you're not working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You're not working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's okay, not, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be weird. It's okay not to laugh at the same thing everybody else laughs at. It's okay. Hey, listen. It's okay to love people. Right? You say, oh, we know all this stuff. Do we? Do we really? Do we really know all this stuff? Verse 16 says, Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run, uh, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So I, I, I should work out my own salvation so I can be a blameless and harmless son of God in the midst of a crooked, perverse world. And, and, and not only that, but that the, the validity, that the truthfulness of God's word is seen in my life. Now, it doesn't make it any less true that it's not seen in my life. But I should work out my own salvation because other people can see the word of God work. Now, not everybody's going to be happy with that. Right? Not everybody's going to applaud you. Everybody applauds the, the, the drunk that got sober. Why? Because that's all they want you to do is get sober. 
They don't always want you holding forth the word of life. Why? Because that sings a different tune. Brings, brings a type of judgment with it. Brings a type of, well, you're, 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 you're not any better than me. You were, you're just drunk five years ago. Well, that Bible does specific things to people that don't want to be drunk no more and wants Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their life. It changes things. It changes the game. You see, here, here's, here's the older I get, the, the more I'm concerned as my days grow dimmer, as I'm getting closer. You know, a man, the Bible says if a man lives 70 years, he, he lived a good life. If he lived 80, he lived a, a, a real blessed life. If you get anything over that, and you're, you count your blessings, man. Get anything over 80, and, 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 and you count your blessings, right? Here's the older I, and I'm not 40. How old am I? Am I 41? Yeah, I'll be 42 this year. Man, I just, I can't, I, can't, I mean, I can't hardly remember no more. And everybody's, everybody's, it's just terrible. Uh, my birthday don't matter, no way. It don't even matter how old I am. I mean, it's just another day, birthdays, whatever. But you know what, I, the older I get, as the days click off, I'm more concerned about what laboring in vain looks like nowadays. It's almost like I, I count the cost of my labor in, in a certain person solely based off if that person is going to use it for profit or if they're going to, be, they're going to use it for vanity. Like I'm starting to, I'm starting to look at this thing, like the like the apostle Paul did. Man, am I late? You know why? Because because I labored with people in deep ways. They just left when it got hard. You, you gotta you you gotta make sure that you're not laboring in vain. Paul, Paul, Paul dealt with this with the church at Galatia. He said, I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. You know, one thing that you would never want to be, you would never want to be accused of at the judgment seat of Christ, would you? You wouldn't want to be accused of, of ministry leaders laboring in your life in vain, would you? Man, I, I don't know, but I, I, part of me, the way Paul words it is, is part of the judgment seat of Christ is going is is to have something to do with what kind of church members we were to a local church. Well, all them sermons, all, all them sermons that he preached, did you prove them out? Man, I got, I got people all the time tell me, well, I, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't make it to church. But you know what? They, we do all this stupid recording and they don't go back and watch them. We spend all this money on all this stupid recording stuff. Everybody's worried about getting it uploaded and everything. And you know what? People don't go back and watch them. It don't matter if they meant, well, we put it online, you can go back and watch them. 90% of people don't do that. And I, you know, I, that's, that's me laboring in vain. That's me spending money where it shouldn't be spent. 
putting stuff online where it shouldn't be put. Hey, we waste. We actually accommodate people staying at home now. We actually accommodate people staying at home because they're too lazy to get up and put church clothes, put clothes on to come to church. Oh, be careful that we're not laboring in vain in certain areas of our own life. Paul dealt with the church at Thessalonica, and he said, For this cause, when I, could no, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. You ready? He sent to know your he sent to know the church's faith at Thessalonica, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. I think Paul, I think Paul knew. I think Paul knew that there's going to be some churches and some people he invested in that he labored in vain, but he wanted them to know that he knew that his labor was in vain. Sometimes you do labor in vain, you just know it. <laughs> you just know it. You're giving advice to people that ain't going to listen. Opening your Bible and spending all them hours. Listen, that, that's why discipleship's so cool. Because if you get in discipleship, you done been through the ringer to figure out whether or not you actually want to be there to begin with. And then you don't care about laboring because you know, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, this ain't labor in vain, right? What's it going to take for us to work out our own salvation? Listen, here, here's what I'll say. There's, there's deep joy in working out your own salvation. You say, well, you don't sound real joyous. I ain't serving you. You're not my king. I got one that I serve. And pr I serve with you. And if you want to, if you want to serve with me, then then praise the Lord. But I got one I'm serving, man. I, I don't got I don't got time for all the other stuff. We got to work out our own salvation. We got to do it with fear and trembling. Why? Because we're not fearing and trembling each other. We're fearing and it, we're we're in fear and godly fear and godly tremble of the one we do serve. Amen. Maybe what you have in you needs to really be worked out. Like, let people know where you stand. Just haul off and tell somebody about Jesus without them even knowing that you're fixing to do it. One of my old pastors, Larry Brown, he said he worked in a mechanic shop. And he said he was, he was in his mechanic shop and said another mechanic, they, he played, uh, he said a whole... All the mechanics in the shop played various kinds of music. Some of them played rock and roll. Some of them played country music. Some of them played, they just played all kinds of stuff. He said, there's this one old guy and great mechanic. Everybody, everybody's like, man, he's one of the best, best mechanics in the whole shop. He said he played the weirdest music on the planet. He said all he ever had was church music playing. He said that guy walked around humming and, and singing. 
And he said, every time I seen him, I couldn't be nothing but infuriated at him. He said, I was standing behind him one day at the sink, and he's washing his hands. He said, I come up, I come up beside him, got me a drink of water, and he said, he looked over me, he said, hey, how you doing? He said, I'm fine, how you doing? He said, that man went in for, went into, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice, the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be changed, will be caught up together with him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That was this old man's method of evangelism. Said, he said, now you have a great day, son. He said, he turned around and walked off, and Larry Brown's sitting there, and he's just looking like, what? For the, what? the, the Lord's coming back? He said, he just messed him all up. And he said, he said, that was a terrible way to evangelize. But it did spark within Larry Brown's I got to do something about this if the Lord's coming back. And it may just be. Well, you know, Jesus coming back. I don't, I don't, I don't know when. We don't, none of us know when. Maybe we could really work out what's supposed to be in us. Amen. Man, take some inventory tonight. Ask the Lord. For, ask the Lord uh, just how real what you got in you is, and 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 why ain't you working it out any more than what you are? Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for being good. Thank you for your word, and it's powerful. And it's, and it's super sharp. Um, and Lord, I just want to thank you for it. Thank you for giving us a, a more sure word of prophecy. And God, thank you for allowing us this time together to dive into the word of God even deeper. And um, God, I pray to you. You bless this coming Sunday, the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, God, you're honored by what's said. And Lord, that you bless our time of fellowship with with Dylan and Tori, and um, God, that you're just honored by everything that's, that's going to be said and going to be done. Uh, Lord, bless the trunk or treat Sunday night, and um, God, use it for your glory, and, uh, and may you be honored by it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Love you all. Have a good rest of the night.